0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Rothko Chapel. It's a real honor to have you here. And uh, what I'd ask, since we're in a sacred space at a sacred time, if you would uh, please refrain from taking photos and then also silence or turn off your cell phone. It adds a, a bit to our place here this evening. On behalf of the chapel, I again want to welcome you. And I want to thank everyone who spent so much time putting this wonderful event together. Um, We have a planning committee that's in your program, but I particularly want to lift up uh, two people, Garland Pohl and uh, the Reverend George Atkinson, who have been stalwart ecumenists with the biggest E I can think of uh, in this city for decades. I want to thank them very much for their leadership here today. I also want to invite you, and you'll probably get several invitations that after we're finished in here tonight to join um, everyone on the plaza for refreshments. As you well know that oftentimes it's a relationship that builds over food and, and conversation in a way to continue to expand not only fellowship, but the sense of community together. The only thing I have to offer tonight that I know from, from just observation and work together and our work together as interfaith and intercultural advocates and participators, that oftentimes there are forces in society that work very hard to tear us apart. And what is also sad about that is what's lifted up or not what we hold in common, but what so often happens is that the differences and differentiations that are part of our unique being and are really beautiful in a way, are then used as something to fear something to drive wedges between us and to denigrate. And I think it's fair to say in recent days, we've heard a bit too much of that. What I thought about tonight was that what might have been, maybe over time, a din, has moved from a din to a ever-present roar that has caused fear and unsettlements. I think, at least parochially in our nation, in every corner. But I think what we find as a counterpoint to that, that there's also this ever-present roar that's here in the chapel this evening, that you will hear, you will feel, and you will experience. That is, where differences become part of the complementary part of what it means to be human, and in that we find unity, and that As Lincoln said, drawn from the Christian scriptures, probably drawn from the Hebraic scriptures, drawn from somebody else's scriptures, that when indeed we build houses that are built on trust, love, unity, respect, that these houses will not fall, but they stand. Or as the psalmist said a long time ago, indeed it's good when people live, truly live together in joy in harmony and unity that it is indeed good and things can happen. So tonight, with that as a backdrop, I want to again offer my welcome to all of you here to the Rothko Chapel for the Houston Interfaith Service. Thank you.
1: Good evening. We have an especially large crowd here tonight, and we're very pleased to see you. I know that some of you have been here in the past, but since we have so many people tonight, I know that we have a lot of people who have never been to this service before, and we especially want to welcome you. This service started in, in uh, 1985 in response to a hate crime. And it was very shocking because we hadn't had much of that in the city of Houston. And uh, there was a, um, a little mosque out in Aleef that uh, some men who uh, were full of alcohol uh, drove by with a homemade um, Molotov cocktail. Fortunately, it wasn't very well made. Mm-hmm. They threw it through the window. There was a small fire. It it did some damage, but fortunately it was put out quickly. They were eventually caught and punished, but it was shocking. And here in the city, those of us who were in some kind of religious leadership wanted to do something about this. So we thought about it uh, for some days. We had an interreligious committee, and uh, there were Muslims on the committee. And so we said, what what can we do? The the building was insured, so we didn't need to collect money, although there was a lot of money donated for the restoration. Uh, Finally, we decided that having a prayer service would be an appropriate way to address this. And we chose the, uh, the the secular feast of Thanksgiving uh, because it is also a religious feast. Thanksgiving is the one religious concept that goes across all religious traditions. It is honored in all religious traditions. So uh, we thought that that would be an appropriate time. That it was a holiday, a holy day that didn't belong to anybody. It belonged to everybody, and that that was very important. So. Some of the things that we have to give thanks for here in Houston are the sharing of life in a very, very good place. I think we are all happy to live here, and we know that, that we are living in some of the best times. We need to support each other. That's another thing that we give thanks for, the, our ability to be here for each other and then especially the freedom to worship because we have very, very many different religious traditions being practiced here in the city of Houston from all over the world. We value being able to support the faith communities of each other. That's that's a very important thing that we do here. And as we are one nation under God, we realize that it is a God who has made himself known in many different ways among the tribes and the nations, and there are so many different ways to call upon God and to understand and appreciate God's presence to us. We're here tonight as persons who commit ourselves to dialogue and to genuine interest in each other's welfare. Mayor Turner at a uh, dinner recently, about a month ago, at the Islamic Center for Greater Houston said the following uh, words, and I think they're very appropriate for us to uh, think about and to open this service. He said, in this city, we do not build walls, we build relationships. We recognize that in our diversity is our strength, and that is what we celebrate tonight, building relationships. Thank you, let us begin.
2: الله ای پروردگارا این دوستت یارون تو آن برای جان او شقانه پریشون تو مال جز پناه تو ندارند و معمنی به غیر از بارگاه تو نجیویان پس مدد فرما و انویات و نصرت فرما و هدایت و به آنچه چه رضای خودت است دلالت کن و برم راهت مستقیم و استوار نما بیچارگانی آوارگانی افسردگانی پجمردگانی جانی بخش و روانیده دری به گوشا به نما سر بخش درد راه درمانی به نما و زخم را مرهمی کن و درد راه شکرین ما ظلمات راه رو روشن کن و زحمات را راحت آشکا جز تو ندانیم جز تو جز نامت نگوییم جز در بادیه محبتات نپویم مرحمت فرما انایت کن هدایت بخش نکم انت القبیل قدیر این این
3: Bahais believe that the central purpose of the Baha'i faith and for all of the divinely revealed religions for that matter is to increase the unity and solidarity of members of the human family Baha'is believe in three central principles the unity of God the unity of humanity and the unity of religion the unity of God is expressed in the recognition that there is only one God who created human beings so that we may know and worship God The unity of humanity is expressed in the recognition that it is time for humanity to give up uh, its prejudices, to grow up as a species, and to shed its nationalistic, religious, gender, racial and ethnic uh, antagonisms. Baha'i scripture says this about the unity of humanity and building relationships among fellow human beings. In brief, all humanity must be looked upon with love, kindness and respect, for what we behold in them are none other than the signs and traces of God himself. All are evidences of God, therefore how shall we be justified in debasing and belittling them, uttering anathema and preventing them from drawing near unto his mercy? This is ignorance and injustice, displeasing to God, for in his sight all are his servants. Another Baha'i scripture says this about the unity of humanity. The great being saith, blessed and happy is he that ariseth to promote the best interests of the peoples and kindreds of the earth. In another passage he proclaimed, it is not for him to pride himself who loveth his own country, but rather for him who loveth the whole world. The earth is but one country and mankind its citizens. The third principle of the Baha'i faith, the unity of religion, is expressed in the recognition that all of the world's faith traditions, at least Baha'is believe, come from the same heavenly source, what we call manifestations of God. Baha'i scripture says this about the unity of religion and building relationships among uh, our fellow co-religionists. The purpose of the one true God, exalted be his glory, in revealing himself unto humanity, is to lay bare those gems that lie hidden within the mind of their true and inmost selves. That the diverse communions of the earth and the manifold systems of religious belief should never be allowed to foster the feelings of animosity among men is, in this day, of the essence of the faith of God and his religion. The purport is that religion is intended to be the cause of love, unity, and fellowship and not discord, enmity, and estrangement. Consort ye with the followers of all religions with the spirit of friendliness and fellowship. Amen.
4: Namo tasa bhagawatu arahatu sama sambut dasa parang Nikubeta Nadi Nati manye tekat Biaro sana patikasanya Nanyamanya seduk kami Mata yatani amputang Ayusa e kaputam anurakke Ewan pisah babu Mana Sambhavaye apari Nang. Metang ca sabalo kasming Mana sambhawaya Aparimanang Udhang adho catirianca Asambhadang Awerang asapatang Titan carang Nisin no wa Sayan Etang seting aditheya, Brahma metang Viharang idhamahu Ditting ca anupagama Silewa Dasane na sampanno, kami suvine ye gethang, nahi jatuh gapasayang punereti ti. Sadu, sadu, sadu.
5: We came here together tonight, speakers, members from different faiths, people from all backgrounds and paths of lives, In the spirit of building relationships, Venerable Katapuno shared with you parts of the Metta Sutra, which are the Buddha's words on loving kindness. Loving kindness is the antidote to ill will, to animosity and hatred, and it generates feelings of friendliness, in compassionate concerns. Besides the paragraphs that the Venerable uh, shared with you, two other paragraphs stand out. May no one deceive or look down on anyone, anywhere, for any reason, whether through feeling angry or through reacting to someone else. May no one want anyone to suffer. Develop an unlimited heart of friendliness for the entire universe, sending matter above below and all around, beyond all narrowness, beyond all rivalry, beyond all hatred? How do we build relationships, especially in times of uncertainty and challenges? The most important thing is our love for each other and remembering to express that and avoid the temptation to get caught in negative thinking and its verbal and written expressions. We certainly don't have to agree with everyone, but let's reach through differences, listen deeply, give no to fear, build bridges to others. This is a time to believe in the value of unity, inclusion, respect for diversity, and doing beneficial acts for all. Let us serve as caring and compassionate warriors for those who are experiencing fear. Remain vigilant. Now more than ever, we have to be wise, compassionate, and brave. Jack Kornfield, an American Buddhist teacher and author, encourages us, let yourself become a beacon of integrity with your thoughts, words, and deeds. Remember the Buddha's advice Hatred never ceases by hatred, but by love alone is healed. We have the freedom in ourselves to choose love, dignity, and respect. In every circumstance, we want to embody respect and cultivate compassion for all. Let yourself become a beacon of this mindset and shine with courage and trust. Love people. This is your world. This is our planet. Plant seeds of goodness in whatever form of action you feel is appropriate. Water them everywhere and stand up for them. Then blessings will grow for yourself and for all. Metta meditation is a practice of cultivating that understanding, love and compassion first for yourself, and then for others. You may close your eyes. May I and you be filled with loving kindness. May I and you be well in body and mind. May I and you be safe and safer from inner and outer danger. May I and you be happy, truly happy. May I and you be free. Thank you.
6: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 13 through 23. Jesus said, When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who sat at table with him heard this, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the the time for the banquet he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for all is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go and see it. I pray you, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. I pray you, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported this to his master. Then the householder, in anger, said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and maimed and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come that my house may be filled.
7: You've just heard a parable a short story by Jesus it's presented in the gospel of Luke which is found in the second testament of the Bible it's a story that revolves around table etiquette and eating to the author of Luke nothing is more serious than the dining table in Luke Jesus is constantly eating He's always on his way to dinner, eating dinner, leaving dinner, or talking about dinner. And when he's not doing that, he's feeding thousands. The table is taken so seriously that Jesus gets into trouble because of his dining companions. He was known as a friend of outcasts, a friend to those excluded by others because Jesus ate with them. There's a Middle Eastern proverb that Jesus might have known. I saw them eating and I knew who they were. Jesus offended a lot of people with his table manners. He ignored the finger bowl by his plate. He ate whatever was put in front of him. He thought nothing of sitting down to eat with people that others excluded. People saw him eating and they knew who he was. They knew he was someone who welcomed with abandon. Table, what you eat and who you're eating with, table hospitality come up over and over in the biblical narrative. Table is an enormous aspect of our culture as well. It matters. Does the fork go on the left or the right? If you have both a red wine glass and a white wine glass, which one goes closer to your plate? And where does the water glass go? Who is sent to the kids table in the kitchen? And who didn't even get an invitation? I saw them eating and I knew who they were. And who are we? Who are we feeding? Who are we welcoming to our tables? How are we building relationships through hospitality in our city? Making room requires compassion, awareness, willingness to change, to change seating arrangements, to change our preconceived notions, to change our language and our attitudes. Welcome is not always easy, and it is holy. I saw them eating, and I knew who they were. This week, as we prepare to eat a Thanksgiving meal, may we be inspired to ever expand our inclusion to offer further dignity to each and every person we encounter. May we be inspired to offer radical hospitality. They will know who we are by our welcome.
8: ते वहां
9: We are aware that in the, any family we have strongest relationships where the children are brothers and sisters united together because of a common mother and father. That is the spirit here that Supreme Mother Father, Cosmic Mother and Father tells us, "Oh humans you all are one family You all are alike as brought in the world with the similar assets of body and mind. Indeed, your hearts are the same with the same consciousness. You must walk together at the same pace toward the same destination. You should have a deep sense of understanding for one another's views with due respect. All differences should be ironed out to conclude and reach out to one ultimate truth. Finally, you must speak one voice. Remember, learned people don't envy but love one another. So has been the tradition since eternity, followed by the noble people. This is how they fulfilled their duties and responsibilities toward one another. Your resolves must be the same and your hearts must be knit together. Your desires and thoughts should be alike. Togetherness will bring happiness to all of you. Thank you all.
10: Appa we cut the year. Do mittam मानो विनय नासनो माया mitani नासे लोभ सब विनाशनो खामे मी सब जीवे सब सब is all red
11: my salutations in the pious feet of Lord Mahavira, respected dignitaries of all the religions and the smiling faces present over here. The pioneer of Jain religion is Lord Mahavira. His teachings in one word is all about philosophy of life, the way of life. Jainism points that Every living being is bound with two, rela- two relations. One is intra-relation, the relation with oneself. And the second is inter-relation, the relationship with all other living beings. Lord Mahavira said, your relation first starts with yourself and then it extends to all the living beings. A person good to oneself is always good to all. He said, Soul is a cause of unhappiness and happiness, joy and sorrow. Soul allied to a right action is a friend and the soul allied to the sinful action is a foe. The text Uttaradhen states that the soul influenced by the attachment and hatred is a foe as it heads to the negative emotions like anger greed deceit and ego all these destroys the love the friendliness humility and everything in a relationship so Lord Mahavira emphasizes that destroy anger by the calmness. Conquer your pride by mildness. deceit by straightforwardness and greed by contentment. Lord Mahavira states, one must train his mind, body, and soul by contemplating on the feelings of compassion, friendliness, appreciation and forgiveness destroy all his ego and all the negative passions Jain scripture states that which means all life is bound together by mutual support of interdependence for this Jain Way of Life emphasizes the practice of three jewels, non-violence, non-possession, and non-absolutism. The practice of non-violence leads to compassion and forgiveness. Non-possession leads to self-control of your desires and respect the share of other living beings. The practice of non-absolutism enhances the mutual understanding by respecting the views of others. Lord Mahavira, in the conversation with his disciples, said, O disciples, before going to bed, introspect yourself and think throughout the day, what is the wrong I have done? And make a strong resolution that from today The wrong action which I have done will not be repeated again in my life. And ask for the forgiveness that all the living beings are my friends and I am friend to all, so I shall avoid my wrong behavior. The practice of all these principles brings balance and harmony, both among human beings and between humanity and all the forms of life, and builds a spirit of strong relationship. In the last, I thank to this platform, Rothko Chapel, for building a relationship in unity, that is unity in diversity. Thank you.
12: How good it is for brothers and sisters to sit together tonight. I bring for you a quote from Genesis 2:18. It reads, "Va'yomer Adonai Elohim, levado, When thinking of building relationships. It is the Jewish way to look back and start at the beginning. Then the eternal God considered, it is not good that man be alone. I will make him a helpmate. This verse comes from the second creation story in the book of Genesis. Very early on at the start of our holy text, and it has, in that one line, two very powerful lessons for building relationships. First, God, God self, declares, Zelotov, this is not good to be alone. And from that, we know that relationship building is paramount we understand right here in the very beginning that we all must live in relationship with the other. This is why Judaism teaches that there are some prayers you can only say when you're together with at least nine others. It's the reason our Talmud teaches us you can only live in a city that takes care of everyone's needs. Because zeh lo tov adam levado, this is not good for a person to be alone. The second half of the verse tells us how we interact with others. Ezer kenegdo is often translated as a helpmate. But literally kenegdo means opposite or opposed to him. That's why in Judaism, this becomes the ideal for relationship building. What is an ezer k'negdo, an ideal relationship? Yes, it is one who offers support, who can lift one up, who can be by your side when you need help. But it's not truly a relationship unless you're also an agitator in the best sense of the word, a force that unleashes the hidden goodness within you, someone who can hold a mirror up to you and help you figure out how to be the best version of yourself. This is the ideal way to build relationship, and this is how we encounter all others. It is my love and my hope and my goal that every time I encounter another faith, I not only find out how I can support them, but I strive to learn how I can challenge them and how they can challenge me. Because it's not good for us to be alone. It's our job to make each other the best version of ourselves we can be.
13: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I present you all with the blessings of God Almighty. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani <coughs> rajeem i اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ إِذْ I'm not going i حفرة من النار فأنقذكم منها كذلك to الله لكم. Sadaka صدق الله ala 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 ala
14: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If I may begin, I would like to begin by presenting the peace and blessings of God upon all of you, and to congratulate all of you for gathering here today for his pleasure in solidarity with humanity. My dear respected guests, esteemed scholars and teachers, the central premise of Islam Is established in loving God and by loving God our moral and ethical paradigm is shifted from a horizontal perspective to a vertical one so now we are in a state of consistently praising God by interacting with one another for his pleasure the Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings be upon him he said لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ That none of you will truly believe until you love for all of humanity what you love for yourself. And as my esteemed colleague mentioned that God Almighty, He said وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ That He created you in races and tribes so that you may get to know one another. And I must say that it is a such a pleasure to stand here with all of you today in solidarity for humanity for the pleasure of God. And I would like to express my deepest love for all of you here today because the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he said that none of you will truly believe until you love one another. And none of you can truly love one another until you spread peace amongst yourselves. And so we, the central aspect of Islam is to spread peace amongst ourselves, to get to know one another, only for the pleasure of God alone. God revealed in the Quran that Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, was a mercy for mankind. And thus we the Muslims believe that all of those in creation are regarded as part of the ummah, one nation under God, indivisible. Thank you very much.
15: Vaheguru Ji ka khalsa, Vaheguru Ji ki Fate Jagat jalanda rakhle apni kirpa taar. Jagat jalanda rakhle apni kirpa taar. Jit duaare ubarai, Jith dhuare ub rai, tithhe leo ubar Jagat jlanda rakh lai apni kirpa taar Satgur sukh vikhaliya, sacha shabd vichaar Satgur sukh vikhaliya, sacha shabd vichaar Jagatajalandara kela, upper nikirpa tare Nanika avar in a surgey, harib in a bukshana har. Nanika avar in a surgey, harib in a bukshana har. Jagatajalandara जगत the रखेला अपनी
16: ka Khalsa, ki I will begin by reading a translation of the Mool Mantra, which states attributes of God from the Holy Scripture, Sri Guru Granth Sahib Ji. There is one universal God. He is the truth. He is the creator. He resides in all. is without fear. Is without hatred. Is timeless. Is beyond birth and death. Is self-existent. He can be realized by Guru's grace. Sikh theology is built on the foundation of oneness and love for all. It accentuates recognizing the divinity in everyone and everything we encounter, while also emphasizing the familyhood of all humanity. Here's the translation of a few verses. First, God created the light. Then from that light, he created the universe. So how can we say who is good and who is bad? All mortal beings are made by the Creator. So who is good and who is bad? The one true God abides in all. By his making, everything is made. So who is good and who is bad? The creation is in the Creator and the Creator is in the creation, totally pervading and permeating in all, so who is good and who is bad? All human beings are the reflection of one and the same God, so recognize the entire human race as one, so who is good and who is bad? The following verses are by Nanak, the founder of Sikhism, that signifies the importance of God in the acceptance and love of others. Nanak says, since I attained this understanding of one universal God, I have totally forgotten my jealousy of others. No one one is my enemy and no one is a stranger. I get along with everyone. Whatever God does, I accept that as good. This is the sublime wisdom I have obtained from the holy. The one God is pervading in all, gazing upon him, beholding him, Nanak, blossoms forth in happiness. These concepts are the basis of Sikhism's approach to life and building relationship with others. In our daily prayer, Mm -hmm. we pray for the good of all. And just another point I want to add is, we do serve refreshments after every service to all. (laughs) Vaigurji (laughs) khalsa, fateh. (laughs)
17: nau thaa khau ne ashem vohu vaiste masthe Ustak gasee ustaa yatashai vaistai asem tatva paresa kare smoi voh cha khau Nemango ayatha ne mekshmavato Mazda frayai tvama sakyat movaite At asa fraya dasdiai hakurena Yatha ne avahu jimat mananga Tatva pere sa kathang e usvai steya paurvim kaathe sudhyay kekhi paitishang vhoji asas pento irigtem vispai vyokharo meinyo ambish urvato mazda tatva pere saok eresmoy vaucha ghaura kasna zata pata saya pauruyo kasna kem starem chada tadwanem keya maukshayti narevshayti twa ta chit mazda vasemi anyacha viduye tatva paresaire smai vaucha aura kasna dereta zamcha kadena bausha ava pas to iske apo kurwara usha ke va kasna vange hu mazdar damesh vahu ashim vaiste masti Ustah o ghasti, ustah khambay Yatashai vakistai yashem
18: Good evening. Today, as we dedicate ourselves to celebrating the day of Thanksgiving, we are also asked to dedicate this day of Thanksgiving to rejuvenating our idea of our relationship. Our relationship with friends And family. We would like to dedicate it to the most basic relationship that of man's relationship with his Maker. Some call God, we call Ahura Mazda the Lord of Wisdom. We look for this relationship in the actual words of Ashur Zarathustra. In the prayer which was just chanted by Ervadunwala, Ashur Zarathustra based this relationship and addresses questions to Ahura Mazda and looks for answers as a friend to a friend. He says this which I ask thee do thou tell me truly, O Ahura Mazda, when there is the necessity of prayer of one like thee, then, O Ahura Mazda, it would be better if a friend like thee may teach a friend like me. So for Ashur Zarathustra, the relationship with his maker, with his God, with Ahura Mazda, is a relationship not one of father to a child, nor one of submission to one's master, but rather one of relative equality, that of a friend to a friend, an eternally good, perfect God who is friend to us all. In this relationship, there is no sense of fear between man and his maker. About that prayer for giving help, Ashu asks, may you come near us and help us enlighten ourselves through our good thoughts. Through our thoughts, through our meditation, through our thinking, will we develop this relationship of enlightenment to knowing thee better. How Zarathustra asks, How or what is the origin of best life? In what way should a person the crew benefit whom we acknowledge both these worlds, the physical and the spiritual? Expounding more on the relationship between a friend to a friend, one realizes that relatives are born, friends are cultivated. A friend is a staff upon whom one can lean. A friend is a tower of strength in one's weakness, a solace in sorrow, a reliable counsel, and a priceless asset at all times. Let us face life with thee as a friend with joint fervor and wisdom. Thou art he, our Ramazda, whom Ashur Zarathustra, when friendless and forlorn, implored to help him as a friend would help his friend. Thou, his ever true friend, stood by his side. We seek thee, O Ahura Mazda, as Ashur Zarathustra sought thee. We lift up our hands unto thee in invocation, seeking thy friendship. Be thou our friend this day, and all the days of our lives. O oh, thou never-failing never friend of ours. Ushtate, may happiness be unto you all. Thank you.
19: On behalf of the planning committee, I want to thank all of the leaders and readers and preachers for their contributions and to our celebration of Thanksgiving and to thank all of you for being here to enjoy it with us. What, what, one of the things that we have discovered is that all of our traditions have invited us to build relationships, even traditions that are in opposition to each other. Some have had bad relations with each other nevertheless encourage us to build relationships. Ask if not it's possible that friendship is more fundamental than our doctrines. Borrowing from the uh, Sikh tradition, I have to tell you that there is a great mystery that we have tonight, that we shall build relationships over stacks in the plaza. Come, the table is now ready. Thank you.